I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Question and Answer podcast, the first of 2024 for the NRL Supercoach season. Very exciting to be back. Tim Williams on deck for this episode those of you new to SC Playbook or the Question and Answer podcast, how this works is basically from the SC Playbook subscriber WhatsApp chat, we have a, a group there to put the questions in. I can jump in and give any thoughts, any feedback on your teams uh, going into round one. We'll be doing this throughout the preseason and every round of the season. It's also a good one because when we record the SC Playbook podcast of a Tuesday night, as we know in Supercoach, by the time the game kicks off on Thursday night, things change trades, sit these starts, captains, all these sorts of things. So it gives me an opportunity to update to the listeners uh, what I'm doing with my side and anything else that uh, changes in that time period. Uh, this week's podcast, I'll be taking questions as per usual from the subscribers, but of course, free to listen to for anyone who wants to tune in via the SC Playbook channels. I'm going to, I dropped my team reveal for round one on the SC Playbook website, which you can jump onto and have a look at. That is is a subscriber-only article. I'm just going to chat at the end of the podcast about a few little decisions I still have to make in that side that I'm tossing up. But for now, let's get stuck into the questions. And the first one for the season comes from Riley. Question for Timmy for the podcast. Are we not worried about Brendan Piercura's output? He has a very low floor on him, and with that spot outside Ezra Mam, Capel only managed one ton. Yes, very, very valid points, mate. And uh, the, to go cold on him, I think he's absolutely fine. He is pretty well locked into my side. He just starts the season so cheap at, what are we at, $426,000. I am willing – I see it the same way. I think – I've referred to him as a bit of a Britain Nicara of the early days scoring-wise, where very attack-reliant in 57 minutes per game last year, he only averaged 28 in base. So I think there will be low scores in there, but I've seen enough to be convinced that in a good attacking team like the Broncos, there will be attacking stats that will come. So I I can see him being like maybe a around eight or nine sell, hopefully even a little bit earlier. If you can have a few early big scores, hopefully jag a couple of tries, maybe on assist, and get up to sort of 600K and then sell him off to a fallen gun like hopefully David Fafita. There will be small scores. So I think there might be some 30s, definitely some 40s in there early on, but I'm hoping that the attack can balance that out. City's average at sort of 60 to 65, maybe a little bit optimistic, but enough to make some cash early on, score well, and go from there. But yes, mate, the uh, 
I could be wrong. The point you make as well, he played on the right edge last season outside Adam Reynolds. A much better spot to be. Probably not as good on the left outside Ezra Mam. So, look, he could open the season with five scores of 30s and 40s. The Broncos have a tough draw, the trip to Vegas. So, it could be pretty tough going for them. So, if you don't let me deter you from going against Brennan P. Kura, because uh, there's certainly logic in the move. Next question comes from Drew. G'day. Great to have Q&A pod back. Good to be back, mate. Who are the main players you've got your eyes on during trials and what criteria are you using to assess them? Cheers, mate. Great to be back for 2024. Drewy, I am looking at a thousand different things come the NRL trials. Uh, and where do I start? In terms of players, I am looking at guys like Ruben Cotter, Terrell May, Keenan Palacia, uh, Jason Taumalolo, who else have I got on my watch list at the moment? Helam Lukey, Sura Wong, Angus Crichton, Tilly Tupanua, Kai Pierce-Paul, Bo Fermor. There are so many. There are a few centres that are out there who I'm a little bit keen on, someone like AJ Brimson, who I want to see what sort of role he's playing in this side. Is he going to be having a bit of a roaming centre role where he gets off his edge, he goes looking for ball, playing as a second fullback? Ditto Roger Tuovasa-Shek. If he does similar... He has his 25 runs a game from centre, very ambitious, but if he's playing a roaming sort of fullback role, it's, uh, it's very possible. Things like that, you know, what edges players are playing on, Bo Firm or Dave Fafida, does Bo Firm or go back to his preferred left edge or do they keep Dave Fafida there where he's been so successful last season with Kieran Forum? Uh, you know, someone like Jason Taumalolo, what's his fitness look like? If he comes back and he starts busting tackles and looks injury-free, and not necessarily back to his best because his best is so damn good, uh, but destructive enough, well, then he becomes a massive player in the front row. Ryan Pappenhausen, Tom Trebojevic, how do they look on return from injury? They've both had long stints out of the game. Pappy's priced so well. Tommy's more expensive, but you're willing to pay up for it if he looks good. I want to see Tommy Trebojevic make a break in the trials, and I want to see him stretch out 100%. I think that's very unlikely because I don't think he'll risk those hammies in a trial but that's what I'm looking out for. Next question from Tyson Jones. If both Kai Pierce, Paul, Tyson's gone with Kai, Paul, Pierce. We can run with whatever, mate. I'm easy either way. And Talis Duncan are both starting for their clubs and you could only choose to have one in your team. Who would it be and why? Good question. Let me just check their starting prices. Pierce, Paul's about 340 odd, 345. Talis Duncan is 321. Look, I'd probably have them both, for starters, but if you are saying one, I would probably go with Talis Duncan just because I think if he gets an edge roll at the Bunnies, he's probably more likely to play 80 minutes. A lot can change between now and round one, of course, but that's my gut feel early if he does get that start because it could mean that Jai Arrow plays a middle role. If they see him playing there rather than on the edge, Talis Duncan and Keon Kalamatangi will be hopefully 80-minute back rollers. Kalamatangi definitely will be. There, there's a bit of competition for edge back row spots at the night. We know Pierce Paul had a, a toe injury impacting his preseason, but on all reports, he will be getting a bit of time in the trials, which is an encouraging sign. So if he gets the starting spot, he looks a great buy. The other big factor here for both of these guys actually is 
at the Knights, there's Ch- Tyson Frizzell's going to the left edge, that golden left edge spot outside where Caelan Ponger does his best work on the left side. Him and Lachlan Fitzgibbon had a great combination last season. So if Pierce Paul was to play that left edge role, it'd be much better and much more appealing than the right edge role. Ditto Talis Duncan, who, if he goes onto the left edge, that bunny's left edge is one of the best in the NRL. Not necessarily for back rolls as such. A lot of the damage is done via Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell sweeping and hitting Alex Johnston. But there's still so many points, and I think it'll get a lot of ball. So Talis Duncan, if he plays left edge, will become more appealing. So, um, you know, back to, I suppose, that the question prior around trial watchers, how do these guys look? What edges are they playing? Because that's very, very important. Uh, yeah, as I said, to, to not sit on the fence. Let's say they both get left edge rolls. They're both starting. I'd probably lean towards Talis Duncan. He looks an absolute goer. Next question coming in hot from Rob. Hey, mate, good luck this year. Thank you, mate. Back at you. I have a feeling the cows will significantly improve this year, and I want to take advantage and thinking either Drinky or Val. Who would you choose? Also, is it too risky to run both to start the year? Look, it's not too risky. I don't think it's too risky because in Supercoach, you've got to back your gut feeling, especially if you think you know you know footy sort of relatively well, you think the Cowboys are going to run hot. Going for combinations like these can pay off and it can go big. And, and they're both, you know, fairly – Val's certainly proven in Supercoach. Drinky's had one big season, but it was enormous. You know, the, the risk is, of course, if the Cowboys start slow and both of them at big money do flop. But you could say this about a million different players. What about people going Caelan Ponger and Greg Marju and the like? You, you could say about so many combinations. So I don't think it's too risky, but do be wary of it. If I had to choose one – I would probably lean towards Val because he's cheaper. He's kicking goals, so he's probably probably a little bit safer without having the upside. But the big factor is that you can get Val at centre, which is so important. Whereas Drink is taking up one of those all important fullback spots, and he's more uh, he's more expensive. So if I had to choose one, I'd probably go with Val and look to lock in two gun fullbacks elsewhere. There's some good value there. Part two of your question, last one. Jaden Campbell's out round one. Yes, there was a bit of news during the week that there was a little bit of doubt over Jaden Campbell playing trials and potentially round one, carrying some sort of niggle and might have been not training with the main group or something. <clears throat> Currently my 5'8 at the moment. He says, who, other than Dillbags, who would you next pick? Uh, good question. And we'll do a bit of a live look because, again, I'm, I'm going to say this a lot, a lot, a lot, but trial watch let's go through like one that's caught my eye and I don't feel great about it but if Tamari Martin gets the starting 5-8 spot for the Warriors he's an absolute class footballer I know SJ gets a lot of ball but Tamari starts at 363 grand he's dual 5-8 fullback in a good team with a decent enough draw to start the season he played six games last year so he got a price reduction based on that the problem with Tamari would be if I'm pairing with, say, KO Weeks, there becomes an issue with scoring. And you can't just pot him and put him on the bench. And and if he scores low, it doesn't impact your, your on-field scoring as such. So starting him would be a concern. I'm just looking in a sort of similar price bracket to Jaden Campbell. So he has my attention, but look, unlikely. If we go up the list, Braden Trindle at 439k would probably have to be kicking goals for the Sharkies to genu- genuinely consider him. After that, 
Ezra Mam, $532,000. <clears> He's really appealing, but the Broncos' draw is really difficult to start the season. He's one of them ones, a bit like I've spoken a fair bit about, uh, Tabuai Fido and just backing talent. And, you know, while the stats from recent years have only been okay because he's so early on in his career, it doesn't read terrific, but there's so much talent there that the sky's the limit. He could improve significantly. <clears throat> so, Mam is tempting, but then you've also got to just bring in this recency bias of, am I looking at the NRL grand final too much? That hat-trick of tries, which was incredible. Outside of that, you know, what, he averaged 52 last season in 79 minutes per game. But again, I test, he's just such a star, um, a little bit tempting. Look, you, you might, if you're not, if none of these mid-rangers looks the goods in the preseason, you might be looking at having to start to pay up for someone like a Walker, a Munster, a Dylan Brown, ideally because I'm spending so much money at half, halfback, fullback, you know, elsewhere on my side. It's a little bit harder to do, but, yeah. So to, to sit on the fence a little bit there, that'll be the box I'll be looking at if Jaden Campbell's unavailable. Question from Nick. Looking at the first seven, eight rounds, who scores more, Dillbags or Marju? We know Dillbag's consistency, but I have a feeling Marju goes to another level outside KP. Who's more important to own, basically? Uh, there's a million different ways you could answer this and look at it. First and foremost, though, reading between the lines with the way you frame that question and quote, I have a feeling Marju goes to another level outside KP. I think you've answered your own question there, Nico. You, um, you sound very keen on him, so look to lock him in. In terms of who's more important to own, who... Who scores more? I would probably lean towards Dillbags just because, you know, we harp on about defences being that bit tighter early in the season. There probably won't be as many points. So Dillbags having such a great floor, although to be fair, Marju's floor is pretty good as well, but he's going to be a little bit more reliant on tries. At a guess, Paramount also have a great draw. So I would say Dillbags. In terms of more importance, like positions-wise, there are a lot of great centre wing options. They're obviously at a pretty similar price, in a similar price bracket. Because there's so many great centre wing options and we're struggling for five eights a little bit, you know, you can lock in dual bags if you unless there's someone else like Jaden Campbell or the, the like that you're keen on at five eight, you can lock in a player in what is an otherwise difficult position. So in that sense, maybe dual bags is the more important buy, but as I said, look at it whichever way suits your team because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but that's my thoughts on it. Side note from the SC Playbook podcast on Tuesday night, we spoke about the Bulldogs and we didn't chat about Drew Hutchinson too much, but he's a chance to start for the Doggies this season. Supercoach-wise, he's dual halfback CT dub. He is priced at 354k, so... He could be a really handy little cheapie going into round one if he gets that starting spot for the doggies at playing centre. I don't know if you'd start him in your team, but potential like serious cash gen there. So Drewy, one to just keep an eye out for if you can nab that starting spot. Next question is around halfbacks. Question from David Yarkowicz. Hopefully pronounced that all right. Unlikely though. Question for you. If you aren't going Cleary Hines as your halves, who is the mid-range second-tier halfback you would go for? I feel like I'm the only one not prepared to pay the money for both Cleary and Hines. Yeah, so I know on, on the potty the other night, we were all keen on that that starting combo of Cleary and Hines, and I'm certainly happy to do it and pay up there. But 
huge, huge money to spend. What we speak about, you know, potentially people starting a little bit slower early on, a few less points flowing. So you don't have to do it, of course. And if I was not going to, I would probably lean towards Mitchell Moses at 695K. You know, he's close to 100K discount on sort of Daly Cherry Evans, Sean Johnson, about close to 30-odd K cheaper than Jerome Hughes. Paris draw to start the year is terrific. The doggies at Combank, Penrith in Penrith, that's, you know, as hard as it gets, but they always get up for that game in Penrith. They've got a, I'd, have to, I'd imagine there'd be a winning record against them in recent years there in the regular season. We know finals footy is a different story. Manly at Combank in round three, Tigers at Combank in round four, Raiders in Canberra at round five, they'll struggle there. Cowboys at Combank round six, Dolphins in Darwin round seven, then Manly round eight before round nine bye. So it's a great draw. So yeah, Mitchie Moses, goal kicking, fit firing. I like Parramatta's team. I think Mitchie Moses would be my play. Question from Dan. With the recent noise in the media, read the May brothers wishing to play together, do we think Talon actually has that centre spot locked down? The Panthers picked up Paul Alamotti last year, who might be a better option. I think that Taylor May will lock down a spot just on talent, been at the club for a long time. Alamotti will probably become a star at the Panthers because they're so good, but he was pretty ordinary at the Doggies, if I'm calling a spade a spade. And while I'm sure he could slide in at centre for Penrith being so good, I don't think he's probably the, the starting solution for them there when they've got a player as highly regarded and as talented as Taylor May. Look, maybe the politics and the behind-the-scenes sort of thing will, will play into it a little bit, but Ivan Cleary is here to win premierships. He's got a gun gun centre wing coming out, so I think it's probably him. I'd love to see Taylor May on the wing and Taruva at centre, but uh, if I was guessing, I would say Taylor May starts at centre in round one. Question from Jakey. Hey, Tim, do you place much emphasis on milestone games and look to target those players as the team normally lifts their performances? Uh, not one bit, mate. I do not look into that at all, especially as it's only like it's a one-off game. And I was also burnt, I don't believe from a Supercoach perspective last season, but as a Raiders fan last year, travelling down for Jared Croker's 300th, and the Warriors came in and absolutely mauled them. So you do see the... the the occasion get to teams a little bit too much and the emotion can take over. So, no, nah, mate, nothing that I look into there. I think if I w- was to impact decision-making at all, it'd be if you're looking at, like, captains or sit-v starts for that given week when the milestone comes up. I would never plan around it, but for that given week and if, if a player has a big game or whatever, a big milestone, maybe, all right, they'll live for it and it can change your sit-v starts, captains accordingly. Guys, Gareth Wyatt and his team at CCAL have teamed up with SC Playbook once again in 2024 to help anyone out there that's doing a little bit tough on the punt. I don't mean not finding enough winners. I mean struggling to control their gambling a little bit. And look, you're not alone and there's no shame. And if you are if you are struggling to get in control of your gambling a little bit, I know personally myself, I've been there at times where I've had one too many multis or gone from a fiver to a tenner to a cheeky little 20 on a multi on a Saturday night in the, uh, the Tigers v. Dragons clash. You wake up Sunday going, I've just wasted a bit of money and that was just absolutely stupid. So guys, one thing Gareth has spoken to me about in times that anyone who's heard me speak about Seacale, they've said, this could be me, but they've held off, they've held off. 
They've waited six months to get in contact with his team. And once they've done it, they said, I wish I made this call or sent this message six months earlier. So guys, do that. Take the step. Get in contact with Gareth and his team. You can email him at gareth.w at ccal.org.au. That's C-E-C-A-L. You can call him on 02-9559-4013 or probably the best way, if you're on Instagram, send him a direct message at Seekle Gambling. That's completely free, completely confidential. Get in touch now. Question from Andrew. Hey, mate, given the expected improvement from the Cowboys and soft draw, is Val Holmes Val, is Val Holmes value at his price or is he already priced at his peak? I wouldn't say his value because just starting the season at, um, you know, less points, started a broken record. But 736K, you're paying a lot for a centre wing. I think that's fine to buy him, but he's priced on a 72-point average. Look, he could easily exceed that this season, but to start the year with that, I'm less convinced. Let's see how he started last year. I owned him. I owned him up, in, I owned him up until the start of Origin when I sold him because he had – one game in about four weeks between Origin and buys. Sold him for Origin. He'd scored 52. Then he came out and scored 150 against the Storm after Origin 1. Then he missed two weeks. And then he scored 91 and 117 and then 93. Fair dink. Tough year. Uh, but last year, sorry, I digress. Round 1, 63. Round 2, 47. Then he went 67, 69, 60. If we go back to Val's 2022 season... How did he start the year? The Cowboys are a bit better this year, obviously. 16 in round one against the Doggies. 49, 106, 31. So you look at all these sort of things. It does lend itself to to attackers starting the season a bit slower. So in terms of starting the year, even if the Cowboys go well, I think he's priced at his accurately priced value-wise. That doesn't mean he can't come out and kick that out of the water, though, and you lock in an absolute gun of the game. Because if the Cowboys do fire, tries, try assists, goals, all these good things. So, yeah, don't let me talk you out of Val. Could be a great pickup. Next question from the great man, Krusty. Who do we pair with Ponga? With so many great options, is it maybe best to swap and change his position regularly based on matchups? Uh, the SC Spy rotation, fullback rotation policy. He loves it. <laughs> I just think, so if anyone new to the Spies rotation policy, you can Google it. There's an article there on SC Playbook somewhere or other from last year. What Krusty is referring to is basically because fullback is such a high-scoring position where players with good matchups can go so big, you know, it's one of the rare positions where you can trade guns out for other guns and, and rotate them, you know, almost every three to four weeks based on draws and the potential to get these high scores. I think that's probably more of a thing for a bit later in the season because squads are, generally speaking, fully fit, attacks are a bit clunky. You're not going to see these blowout scores from probably the big, big tons week in, week out. I think that rotation policy is a little bit more for later in the season once squads get a little bit depleted, attacks are flowing, you know, there's injuries to clubs, all sorts of things, and you can sort of preempt those high-scoring games and high-scoring supercoach scores off the back of it. The other thing is with the rotation policy, the first four to six weeks, mate, we're trying to get in the cheapies who fire. We're trying to get in the mid-rangers who are about to go up in price. We're getting rid of any duds we've got. So I think it is an absolute luxury to be considering the fullback rotation policy that early in the season. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All righty, I'm going to punch through a few quick fire questions, then have a little bit of a chat about my team and then wrap it up for the podcast. Question from Cam Reardon. Thoughts on the Warriors halves? Where does Chanel Harris-Tavita slide into the mix? They... Uh, Andrew Webster seems to have a strong desire to get him in the team. Any chance he could line up at 5'8 alongside SJ? I think it's a bit of a three-way shootout for that 5'8 position, and I'd be surprised if if uh, Webster knew which way he was going to go for round one. It'll be a big trial watch on those guys. Oh, look, Harris-Tavita had a year out of the game. I know it's not a super long time, but it's long enough considering the Warriors had such a red-hot season, finishing top four, <laughs> making a bit of a run in the finals. So, look, I. At a guess, I thought Metcalf was great there last year, and I think it would be Metcalf and SJ. I think they complement each other really nicely. I, my second guess would be Tamari Martin because he's a gun, and Harris Tavita. I would say he'd nearly be, if he was going to play, and, and Webster really wanted to slot him in, maybe a bench utility because he, he is pretty versatile and can play different positions. Question from Brett. Morning, champ. Who out of the gun centers are you going? I'm really looking at Avrilo from the Dolphins under the Wayne Bennett effect. Avarillo, I just don't know. I don't – I want to see how he goes up there. I don't love picking centres in general unless they are going to be goal-kicking like, say, Val Holmes. Val's such an, excep- an exception because not only does he kick goals, but he also has a massive base, has a ton of runs every game. Look, he – Started last season at centre for the Doggies with scores of 25, 90, 33, 62, 35, 40, 11, 36. He based 21 last year, which is a bit unfair because that's across fullback and centre. But his base at centre to start last year was, look, anywhere from 11 to 20 to 34. Bennett will probably get the best out of him, but not someone that I'm looking at to start the season. In terms of guns, I'm probably not slotting in a gun CT dub just yet, but two of the more higher sort of mid mid tier mid tier towards guns, uh, Hamiso and Jacob Kiraz are on my radar pretty hard. Hugh Corcoran, would you rather go two mid range five eight in my case, Tom Dean and Jaden Campbell, or go gun cheapy in Brown and Flano? Phil Tom Dean could be in for a cracking year after being handed the C and Cowboys look to be on the up, hopefully. Once again, mate, I think you've answered your question there. You're keen on the Cows this year. You're keen on Dearden. Dearden was really good uh, last season in periods. And you're right with the, the captaincy, that draw. 
He's really sneaky by to start the year. What did he have last year? He averaged 58 points per game. And I feel like from memory, he really got going mid to late season and started slower. So the back end of the year, 13 against Penrith in round 27, that was a good one. Yeah, look, he had a period there in the middle, 118 against Penrith in round 16. That's coming off Origin, the Origin week. So I'm guessing the Pens probably rested players there. 118, 95 against the Buddies, 179 against the Tigers. So you look at it in two ways with scores 179 and 118. That 58 average could somewhat be inflated and sort of sugarcoat over the lower scores in the year, 13, 28, 21, 35. 29 but he's getting better i think he'll take the reins even more this year than last year over chad townsend so i actually don't mind tommy Dearden as a pickup however i am happy to sit back and watch early question from james dell thoughts on talus duncan even if he doesn't land a starting spot what minutes do you think he plays off the pine i think he might even play 50 coming off the pine with duncan coming on the edge and arrow moving to the middle and to give murray a spell cheers if he's on the bench for round one, I will probably avoid unless we get a quote that he's going to play that 50-odd minutes. I just think there's risk in him being a 20, 30-minute bench fodder forward. And the other issue with Talis Duncan is, if that is the case, he's 321K. So he can actually drop money if he doesn't really get the minutes there. So if it was bottom dollar, maybe it's a risky take. But I'm happy enough at that price if he's off the bench to avoid him. And then if he does come out and play 50 to 60 minutes off the bench straight and he looks a buy, he's an easy trade-in uh, for a 2RF sort of mid-range or even potentially gun, whoever's failing in that position to start the year. So I want to see him name to start before investing. Question from Adam. Would love your thoughts on Griffin Neem. Any chance of a starting spot was great for the Kiwis. Cheap front row forward option. Probably not because they've just got so many forwards, the cows. So... Luciano Leilua is probably going to move into the middle this year. Um, that's not guaranteed by any means, but Luki and Nanai, I would imagine, will be starting edge players. So does that see Leilua play in the middle? They've just got so, so many forwards. I don't know what's happening with Jordan McLean. Does he maintain a starting spot this year or do they move to that rotation of or starting spots of you know, Ruben Cotter, Jason Taumalolo, Griffin Neem? I just think there is not enough minutes to go around there to justify Neem. He averaged 44 minutes per game last season, so I can't see him going up too significantly on that, albeit he was great at the end of the season uh, test matches. Question from Robbie. Thoughts on Wiramu Greg as a cheapy front row? Timely coming after the Neem question because I think it's the same story. With Parramatta having Hopgood, Junior Bolo, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Ryan Madison probably playing in that middle rotation with Sean Lane back and Cartwright killing it last year. I just don't think the minutes are going to be there unless there's an injury to one of those gun uh, middle three starters who they get big minutes out of. Question from Lloyd. Any chance Cogger gets a starting spot at New? He seems a strange buy. If not, what do you think? I don't think it's a strange buy because, I mean, look, he came in and played the back end of the season when Luai got injured and was really solid. Then he had that incredible 20 minutes in the grand final. But, like, again, they'd purchased him before this. So, A, a great purchase, but... Let's not forget that the he first they signed him as a backup half essentially, or like he was a backup half at Penrith, stuck behind two guns, of course. What the Knights won eleven in a row or something, and then made a bit of a finals run. So far out tough on Tyson Gamble if he doesn't. The other thing there, 
Jackson Hastings, Chuck Cogger, very similar players. So I don't know if you'd want them to together in the halves. I'm sure they'd be fine, but I feel like a a gamble combination with either of those two, you know, Hastings would be the number one. That looks better to me. Final question uh, for today. Sorry if I don't get to all of them, but we've we've given given them a good nudge, and as I said, we'll be doing this weekly throughout the preseason. So plenty of chances to get them in from Chris. Thoughts on Grant, Jeremy Marshall, King Hooker pairing at the expense of a primo CT dub. Not one that's probably been talked about too much. We're, we're all sort of looking at pairing a gun hooker and a, a cheapie. But look, my gut feel is that I, I don't like it. I, I do think. Between hopefully an 80-minute Eels hooker in Lussick or Hands and Jaden Braley coming back, maybe, maybe Cheese sets the world alight and returns to his best form for the Roosters. I think there's going to be one of these players that's going to be a good buy. I, I might be wrong. So I just think if you start with a gun, one of those two, and then you have a cheapy slash sort of mid-range hooker around at three to 400k mark, it's quite an easy just sideways trade if you don't get it right straight up in round, say, three for whoever is performing the best and getting the minutes, etc. Whereas if you start with JMK and Harry Grant and then one of these blokes fires, even if Grant and JMK are going well, you're probably going to have to trade one of them down to that person. Now, I understand it. it's potentially only one trade either way, but if you do start, let's say, hands is the sole hooker for the Eels in round one and gets 80 minutes and goes well and you get that right, you're saving a trade and you just stick with it. He makes his money and then round six or whatever it is, you trade him up to whoever you don't have out of Marshall King or Harry Grant. So, look, that hooker's second hooker spot might fail. No one might go well and you could have the, the two guns there and be absolutely laughing all the way to the bank, but not for me. All right, uh, just quickly touching on my team. What do we want to have a chat about? Let's go with the second row forward position. There are just a lot of mid-rangers that I'm so keen on, and I mentioned on a couple of podcasts during the week, certainly the SC Playbook on Tuesday night, that I think some of the – there's potentially 10 great buys in that position in the mid-range tier to start the year, and obviously we can only have six of them. So, you know, which way do you go? There are so many players that I'm I'm looking at. I mentioned them before. Wong, Lukey, Crichton, Tupanua, Pierce Paul, Fermor, Kikau, you know, Sean Lane, I've locked and loaded. I mentioned that I'm keen on Piakura. Uh, we hope that Josh Curran starts at lock for the doggies and plays big minutes. So many great options. And someone like Helam Lukey, he hasn't been an 80-minute man in the past, but he's also had a lot of injury issues. So if he's fully fit, we know how good he can be and how well he can score in Supercoach. And, and he starts at, at a great price uh, in 2024, currently at 471K based on 47 minutes last year. We haven't seen him be an 80-minute man in the past, so I don't know if he will this year. But if he gets that role, I think he's an absolute steal at 470K. Becomes very, very tempting there. Josh Rohong, uh, Angus Crichton, Satili Tupanua, all could be 80-minute back rollers, all present fantastic value. Can Crichton get back to his best? If Crichton gets back to 75% of his best footy and starts, plays 80 minutes, lock him in at just over 400K. Tupanua coming back from lengthy injury layoffs. I think he came back back into last year, might have played a tiny bit. Uh, Tupanua, he's under 400K. Wong, also cheap. A lot of edge back rollers going around at the roots. I don't know what they're going to do there. 
good position to be in for them, though. But if any of these guys get 80-minute roles, bang, in my team. Pierce Paul, I sort of touched on him before and, and going into round one. If he gets a starting spot, he becomes such a great buy. You've got Dylan Lucas there as well at 500K, who I mentioned on a few podcasts how how big his base is. It's mid to late 50s, I think, in his four 80-minute games last season. I wish they weren't fighting for this spot and one of them just had an 80-minute role locked in. Lucas in particular is dual CT dub second row. So if Lucas gets that, could easily slot him in at CT dub. Just a lot going on and so much to look out for in the trial period in the 2RF mid-range position. And for, not that I was overly keen on him anyway to start the year, albeit terrified of not owning. Dave Fafida, not keen on because of all these options. Cam Murray, my man crush, had him in my side all preseason. I think he starts a good value. But because of all these great 354, 450K price players, I think they can be a great little stepping stone to someone like Cam Murray come round five or six. So plenty to watch out for in that 2RF position. Guys, we will wrap that up for the first question and answer podcast of 2024. Hopefully it hit the spot for you. If you are interested in subscribing to SC Playbook, you can do so by the SC Playbook website in the menu there. Uh, and you'll be able to get your questions in on the podcast. Cheers and have a ripping weekend.